Hello and welcome to another edition of Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And uh, we are a show for men by men talking about stuff from a man's perspective. And if you're just joining us uh, on purpose, we really appreciate it. If you're doing it on accident, hey, welcome aboard. We hope you're a longtime listener. And uh, we're a little bit different of a show. We think we are. I mean, I'm different <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> Chad, you are really different, brother. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. That was a good compliment. Uh, but we, uh, we've been doing this now for coming on a year and a half. And we've just said, you know what? We want to do a show that are geared towards the guys. And we want to talk about things from a guy's perspective. And we know a lot of ladies listen too, and that's great. Uh, but we want to talk about things from a man's perspective because men have a different perspective than women. Have really? you noticed that, Kurt? I, I, I've never noticed that well, before. <laughs> stick with me, kid. I'll have you in diamonds. That's what my dad always said. <laughs> I'll teach you a few things, right? Oh, but so we're learning. We're on a life lesson. Uh, life lesson. We're just learning through life. We're just stumbling through like everybody else. But we also we learn a lot on the way. And so um, any past shows you want to hear about us, we've had all kinds of great topics. Last week's show, by the way, I've had multiple people comment on how great of a show it was. About, uh, we had a, uh, a marriage clinical psychologist. psychologist. I don't want to get a psychiatrist and psychologist mixed up. But he was on last week and he gave us 10 things that will keep you married and 10 things that will get you divorced. And he said, if you're doing more of the good, you won't. If you do more of the things that will get you divorced, you're headed in that direction. And he's... We got, we got a free counseling session we for did, an hour. We did, man. I'm taking some massive <laughs> notes on that. But uh, anyway, go back and listen to that podcast, Dr. Chuck Tackett. But today, we got a great topic. Uh, we got a great guest. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about global, and I'm not talking about regional, but global influence, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Yum Brands has been a huge global influence in regards to, to restaurants and just the whole uh, industry of the food industry. And today we have the uh, the gentleman who was heading that ship up for quite a while. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a good show. So Greg Dietrich, it's great to have you, brother. Wonderful to be here with you guys. I'm excited. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. And uh, so tell our listeners, Greg, you, you start back in the corporate world. How many, uh, well, how many years ago? Uh, ages ago, but, uh, you know, while back the, in uh, 81. Earth, while the earth was still full. Yeah, exactly. Back in 81, uh, I started uh, right out of college with Pepsi and worked there for many years. And as part of uh, Pepsi back then, uh, they owned restaurants, and I eventually made my way over to the restaurant side, worked at Pizza Hut and KFC, and uh, then we formed Yum Brands. We spun off from PepsiCo. I was part of that team that spun us off back in 97. And we became uh, Yum Brands. Uh, I always said uh, Pepsi uh, or uh, Pepsi sent us off as KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. Your three staples of your daily diet. <laughs> <laughs> so we we spun off into that company, and then um, you know I ended up having a time of uh, uh, leaving for a couple of years after getting that company up and running, and uh, being an executive director at a church here in town, executive pastor. Then I went back and uh, to corporate and ran uh, KFC for five years before I kind of retired early. How many? Okay, so in KFC, I, I was just telling Chad yesterday. I'm walking down in uh, Accra, Ghana, West Africa, yeah. And there's this huge billboard, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I'm with a bunch of Ghana guys, and they go, where, "Now, where are you from again?" And I, I just point the billboard. I go, "Kentucky Fried Chicken." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we used to go around the world, and uh, you know, we we'd say, you know, where are you from? And and sometimes we'd say, you know, from the you know Kentucky well, Kentucky Derby or something. That everybody goes, oh. 
uh, Kentucky Colonel Chicken. And, uh, <laughs> and so people always knew us. And uh, so it's fun to be affiliated with something that people can all connect to. With, I mean, around the world. You yeah. were in how many countries when you were, uh, when you were president? Gosh, over 100. Over 100 uh, countries. Over 100 countries. Do you remember how many, uh, how many restaurants? Uh, well, we had in the United States about 5,400, and we had more than that outside the United States at the time. We had about 6,500. Wow. Um, and uh, we have probably that many in China now. Um, it's just uh, taken off and uh, become a huge business. That's incredible. 6,500 in China alone? Yeah, it's wow. a, a huge business for Chinese for are eating some chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah. They sure good. are. Finger licking chicken. And it's good. That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, Greg, uh, and you've been married to Shelly for how long? Uh, 37 years, pretty close to 37 years. Wow, 37. Yeah. You got three girls. Yes. And, and you're three a grandpa. Daughters. You were telling me about being a grandpa. I'm a grandpa. I've got three grandchildren now, uh, a grandson who's going to be five in June, and another grandson who's just barely four and a half months, <laughs> and a granddaughter who's almost two. So, uh, yeah, they are a lot of fun. They keep us busy and tired. Uh, busy and tired. Yeah. Said the grandparents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worn out. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know anything about that, Chad. I'm yawning through this, man. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's easy. I, I do that at two in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay, well, let, uh, Greg, let's talk about, uh, I heard you several years ago mm-hmm. talk about this whole uh, influence in the marketplace. Yeah. And you, you had a unique kind of take on that. Yeah. So describe that, yeah. uh, describe that a little bit. Yeah, let's unpack it a little bit. You know, I think um, faith in the marketplace and how those two, you know, intersect has always been one of those things that's been something that the Lord's put on my heart that I've tried to live out. And for a lot of my life was never quite satisfied that I understood how they intersected and how they synergized. And, you know, I always felt like when I was at work, you know, well, I bring my my Christian values to work and that's good, but I always felt like there was something more. Mm-hmm. And then when I worked at the church for a couple of years, I'd be saying, well, you know, you bring these business practices to the church, you know, so it works better. But there's something more in the fusion of those two. Um, and uh, so it's it's kind of been one of those things that I've always just been praying into, reading about, asking the Lord about walking into and and learning and discovering. And, you know, one of my uh, big aha moments was when I realized that, um, you know, oftentimes we kind of develop paradigms. We develop, you know, mindsets. This is the way things work. And what I was realizing is that much of us were working in this mindset that says, well, there's these group of things over here that we do that are called secular. Uh, You know, you go to work or you go to the grocery store, you know, you, you kind of do these activities that are life-based activities. And, and a lot of us work, and we, you know, a lot of us guys are there more than we are anywhere else. And we kind of see that as secular. And uh, over here, there's these activities that are kind of sacred. They're, they're of God. So if you can get to church on Sunday and then maybe come back Wednesday night for your small group, and maybe uh, if we can get you to be an usher or something, or maybe you'll even one day become a missionary. You know, there's these things that we aspire to. And, and, and we send the message to people, not purposely, but we kind of tell them, you know what, what you do most of your life really doesn't matter to God. 
Mm. And what you need to do is figure out how you spend less time there and spend more time over in these other activities. And the you know, Lord just started teaching me, you know, uh, th- there was this, you know, you have scriptures and you read them, and then sometimes you read them and they change the way you mm-hmm. think forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Colossians 3.23, and, you know, Paul was... Uh, writing to the Colossians, but in this case, he was addressing, starting in verse 22, it says, slaves, you know, obey your earthly masters. So he's talking to slaves, and he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And what that said to me deep in my spirit, I knew, you know what? It's not secular or sacred. It's everything we do is an expression of our walk with the Lord, and it's an opportunity to bring the kingdom. There's, there's no secular sacred. It's kingdom of light, kingdom of dark. And that's really what the Lord was showing me is it's, that. What, what, what you're describing, Greg, really is a that we, we a lie, I think, from the enemy. From the enemy. Who says, oh, yeah, but you're, you know, you're, you're a bricklayer, you're, you're a teacher, you're a, you know, that's, that's, that's the work world. That yeah. has really nothing to do with God. Right. And you, your eyes were greatly opened. Yeah, and then he just started taking me back through the, the heroes of the Bible. Who were they? You know, David. He was uh, a military man. He was a musician. He was a, he was a king. He was in government. He was a little confused, but he, he basically <laughs> spent his time in a lot of different things. And then you look at Joseph, who was a businessman, a government official, and Abraham and others. These people, they were out there in the marketplace. They were people living their faith. Uh, Jesus. His disciples were all marketplace people. He he spent some time in the temple, but he went to the he went to the people, and that's where the Lord started telling me, "Look at your work is your ministry. Everything you do is is sacred. is yeah. to is to be done for the glory of God." Yes, and when you get that vision, it I think it changes the way you live your life. When when did when did that really happen with you? You know, I think it happened in degrees. You know, I got glimpses of it, and mm-hmm. I kind of, you know how you get a, a, a mental understanding of something, but then to really believe it and start to live it, you know, probably wasn't until about 10 or 11 years ago that I really understood it to its fullness and really started to understand the impact or implications of that. And you really have taken that since then, and you've you've really kind of expanded on different levels of influence in the in the marketplace in, yeah. the, in the work world. Introduce that just for a second, then we'll have to take a break in about uh, sixty seconds. Yeah, well, I came across this interesting paradigm as I was reading, and when it did, it kind of put together in my mind an organization for thinking about this, mm-hmm. where level one is I'm a Christian in the marketplace, and then level two is I'm a Christian in the marketplace, living according to godly principles. But then I discovered there's a level three and a four, mm. and when I did. That really opened up the door. That's awesome. Well, we're going to come back here in a minute. We're going to talk about those levels, one, two, three, and four, a little bit more with Greg. And uh, if you are a person of influence, by the way, if you're listening to this, men, you are a person of influence mm-hmm. in your home, uh, in your neighborhood, and maybe in your workplace if you're the boss or you're the employee. So uh, just take a few minutes and listen to these principles, and we're going to take a break. We'll be back here shortly with former president of Young Brands, Greg Dietrich, here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. I'm still Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter. And we're here with the ex-president of Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, not the colonel. We are here with <laughs> Greg Dietrich. And we're talking about influence in the workplace. And if you want to be a person of influence, a person who is a great leader 
You got to have good vision and to have good vision. You need to go to vision first. Vision first can help you see 2020. I'm blind as a bat, but the glasses I have on my head right now are from vision first. So vision first, uh, they are a sponsor of our show. Carol Rogers carpet one for all your carpet flooring needs, LNN credit union and country Lake Christian retreat center. They're having a ton of camps this year for your children this summer. And then bright star, uh, healthcare, uh, they help do in-home care for folks who need that. So we want to thank all of those folks who are partnering with us and sponsoring our show. We, we really do appreciate those guys. Yep. So thank you, sponsors. And uh, Greg, it's, it's uh, you know, we talked in the first segment about secular versus um, sacred. sacred and how really everything is sacred. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and then the, the whole level thing, that right. really intrigued me when yeah. I list, heard you just years ago. Um, the levels of influence. So, so level one, talk about yeah. that. Yeah, level one. And, and again, you know, I just I love the, the way you teed that up, that everything we do um, is really about kingdom work. And when we understand that, then um, we understand that everything we do every day is about either the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. And our job is we're bringing the kingdom of light everywhere. And, and if you work, you're bringing the kingdom of light with you to where you work. And so level one is basically saying, I'm a Christian who works in the marketplace. You know, well, congratulations, there's probably about a billion of you that are that. Are that. Um, but, uh, you know, you're showing up and you're, uh, and what that says then is that you're on assignment, that you have a mission and a purpose. And so a level two, uh, and I saw this paradigm in a book um, called Anointed for Business, and when I saw it, it really started to put into a framework for me, something that I'd wrestled with and thought about but couldn't really put into a, a good framework. And, and, and the second level says this, that you're, if you're a Christian working in the marketplace, that's level one, then you want to operate according to godly principles. You know, and this is something that uh, I think is well established uh, among believers. Mm-hmm. That you know, what we try to do is uh, is take Christian principles to work. You know, we wanna we wanna work uh, in high quality. We wanna be honest. We wanna have integrity. Uh, we want our our reputation to be one of uh, somebody who's who's different, who's distinctive. Um, and you know, that that's where I tried to spend my time at. at you know, KFC and Yum was like, okay, I want to be different. I want to be distinctive. I had my John Maxwell leadership devotion. And, <laughs> you know, I had um, just this this sense of, all right, well, if I do these things, then people will see me, they'll notice a difference, and um, I'll have an influence. And, uh, you know, so I, I like to, you know, describe this, though, as, you know, I would, I would go along and I'd really be trying hard to be a level two, but then I'd slip and I'd be like, all right, I'm back to a level one. I'm kind of there, but I'm really I'm not just distinctive. Kind of up. Yeah, and so I'm, I get up by my bootstraps and, you know, uh, well, you know what, I'm going to be a level two and I'm operating as a level two. And then, I, you know, it's like, oh, man, I, I, I blew it. You know, I'm kind of back to hiding or I'm a level one. Or, and I start, Lord started to take me back to look at this pattern and what I realized, it was kind of like, okay, a one to a two and hang on to, and then, oh man, a one. And then, but back up to a two and, and pretty soon there was just this cycle. And uh, I remember reading in, in Galatians where uh, Paul wrote, you foolish Galatians, you know, you started out in the spirit and then you jump back into the flesh. And I, I just got this sense that I was treating my faith at work a lot like um, a set of guidelines and guardrails. And what it was was, okay, I'm trying to act these things out. I'm trying to be distinctive. Um, but really, you know, I'm trying to do it in my own power. I'm trying to, you know, be different, act different. Um, and wh- when I saw this paradigm, it really started to um, 
helped me understand that, that there was a different level. Um, and, you know, I, I always thought that if I could act out a level two, you know, just be different, act different, that, that was, was the height. That was the that was the the epitome of hey, this is what a Christian should look a like. A Christian in the marketplace. But and then God opened your eyes to it even more. God opened my eyes, and 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 what I saw is I was hanging out at twos. Oftentimes it was exhausting, mm. because here I am trying to you know be a two, and the current against you many times in the in the work world is pretty significant. Completely against you. You, you know you're looking around and there's nothing saying cheering you on to be a two. You know, there's everything just pulling you in a current to say, look, you know, this is the way we work. This is the way we operate. This is the values that we have come along beside our values. And we want you to be somebody who is like us um, because, um, you know, the system, the world system has its own values and mm. it basically tries to overwhelm you with those. And so, you know, what I what I just saw was that it was kind of like the law. You know, in the Old Testament, the mm-hmm. law was there really for one reason, to point the way that you couldn't, you couldn't follow it. And, um, and so it, it, it established the need for a Savior who would come in. And, and, I, and I really viewed this journey a lot like that, too, was there to show me, you know what, you can, you can do some of this, and you can, you can hang, and sometimes with the best of them, and sometimes not, you know, but eventually you're, you're, you're going to fall short. And what I discovered is that in this paradigm, there's actually a different level. Yeah, there's a level three. And so, and level three. Yeah. Let's just jump right into that. Okay. So, le- so, God, really open your eyes. It's not just, it is living a life of integrity and character and yep. it's showing up and it's, it's working and doing a, a great job yep. of work, but it's more than that. Right. It, those things are necessary, but they're not sufficient. Yes. In other words, those are building blocks. Yes. Um, but they're not the, the end all. They're not where you're heading. And I had an aha moment here. You know, just like I had the aha moment around secular versus sacred, I had the aha moment. There's actually a level three. And I love, I have this uh, bunch of Larson cartoons. They're the, the far side tells you a little bit about, you know, how demented I am. But he's, <laughs> he, he has this one cartoon and all the cows are, are down eating grass. And they're, they're just all grazing, you know, contently. And then all of a sudden one of them sticks its head up and says, wait a minute, we've been eating grass all of our lives. And, you know, there's just this sense that, you know, you settle, you, you, you get involved in the, the gang think and you settle. And uh, level three says this, I'm a, you know, I'm not only a Christian in the marketplace, level one, I'm not only applying godly principles, but here's this, I'm op- I am um, operating in partnership with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm operating in partnership with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And... This really was an eye-opener for me because— uh, that, that's, all, that's a whole new level. That's a whole new level. And, you know, what, what it took me back to is I always talk about Henry Blackaby's study, Experiencing God. It was really a powerful moment for me many years ago. And, um, and in it, he talks about this simple fact. He said, God's always at work everywhere. Join in. And it's such a simple concept, but it's so profound. And as we talked about in the first segment, if, if God really has your work as your ministry and he's got a purpose for that work system and you're there, then it only stands to reason he's at work there. God is at work there. God's already there. He's already working to advance his kingdom. And what we need to do is join in. Yeah, sometimes we look, Greg, at, you know, I go to work and it's all these, I got 15 people that I work around me and they're all, you know, they don't know the Lord and they're pagans and they're cussing and swearing and and carrying on. But 
what you're saying, God is at work. Yes. Even in the midst of all of that. Yes, he is. And, you know, we forget that. And we, the enemy wants us to feel like you're the only one there. Oh, yes. I mean, he wants us to feel like you're isolated. You don't, you know what, you're outnumbered. And the minute you realize it's you plus God, it's game over. <laughs> it's game over. I mean, and it, you know what I found out? It also takes the pressure off because here's the thing. If God's already at work there, if God's already advancing his kingdom, if he's already doing something, then like Blackaby says, you're not responsible for conjuring up a plan. You don't have to go in there with the Greg Diedrich plan. All right, I'm going to conquer this, take this, witness to this person, save this person. You know, you just have to model what Jesus did. Jesus said, I only do what the Father told me to do. I only said what the Father told me to say. And in his prayer, um, you know, to his father at the end, he said, you know, I kept the ones you gave me. And the whole framework for that is you just need to be obedient to join into what God is doing and ask him every day, Lord, where are you at work? What are you doing? Help me be attentive to your spirit to join in because mm-hmm. where God's at work is where the power is. So, so Greg, just real practically, would you know, you're, you're pulling into the office. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you just pray that prayer. Mm-hmm. You, you'd say, Lord, okay, I know you're at work yeah. somewhere, somehow, you're moving. Lord, just show me. Yeah, Lord, just show me. And I always, I always tell people, because I like to give people practical um, help with this, because you know, it can be an, a concept that becomes overwhelming. But you know, Jesus said, uh, you know, I, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. So I just practice the prayer of, Lord, what are you doing right now, and what are you saying right now? Mm-hmm. And then I just listen, and I wait. Um, and it's amazing that God is in so many more places when I ask that question and wait on him than when I just barge ahead on my own. Even some total pagan guy that you think is far, far from God, Yes, there, God is in, at work many times mm-hmm. in unique ways, Yeah, and he wants us, and it might not be that he wants us to give the whole gospel plan of salvation no. right then and there. No. It might just be... He wants you to be loving and grace-filled to that guy. And uh, we got to take a break here. We're going to continue to unpack that, though, Greg. Yeah, and, it, you know, I just, I'll come back. I'll tell you a little story about how sometimes, uh, to your point, it's not the give them the four spiritual laws. <laughs> it's uh, just be obedient to what the Lord shows you. i got a great story that illustrates that. Awesome. So we're going to take a break, come back, can't wait to hear that story, and also talk more about level three. Sounds really, level three sounds like the end. But there's even a level four. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that here in stay a minute. Stay tuned. Yes, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be back. We thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.